welcome to the JMS Podcast with Jorge M. Sanchez. Thank you for tuning in. It is hot out here in sunny San Jose. I am barely surviving it. I need to invest in an air cooler, that is for sure. Or air conditioner, I think that's what they're called. Uh, but I am melting as I'm speaking to you all right here. I, I, I'm just sweating. I mean, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe I could lose a couple pounds. I, re- I could really use that. But other than that, I don't like this weather. It's too hot. Too hot for me. Just like this episode, this episode is red hot because our main guest is not one person, but it is a trio. It is a band. It is called JWB. They are no strangers to the podcast. I had Jake Wickman and Noah Lanakia. I hope I said that right. And uh, they were here on the podcast as separate guests, but they came along with my good friend and the drummer, uh, Will Lineberry, and they talked about an upcoming album that's coming out. Although I couldn't feature a song from the album, they do play an acoustic, stripped-down version of one of the songs at the very end, so stay tuned for that. It's very exciting. And on top of everything else, right straight off the bat, we got a movie review with Jacob Wheels. He starts out the season by reviewing the latest Jurassic World franchise film, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, We had an interesting review, alright? I'm just going to say it was very interesting, alright? Feel free to skip ahead. We get a little too personal. But before we do all that, people, before we continue on, I must remind everybody that you can subscribe to the JMS Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, CastBox, Android app. You can follow the JMS Podcast on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. As of recently, I reviewed the album of the Mountain Chimes on Instagram. It's a new thing I'm going to try out. Every guest that comes here with with a physical copy other music I will take a drive and a listen and I will make a quick review and post it on my Instagram exclusively on Instagram so go ahead follow the JMS podcast and I will follow you back you can donate to the JMS podcast if you like on patreon just go to patreon search for the JMS podcast any donation helps I, I much appreciate it. it really does help me out uh, as you know this whole operation is run independently and it's and it, I want to keep it that way for the longest time I have some people interested, you know, kind of, you know, put some investment into it and 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 uh, having a, a hand. But it's like, it, I don't do well not having full creative control. So I want to keep it like that for the longest time possible because that's the only way we're going to get authentic conversations with authentic people. Yeah. Don't forget to check out the JMS Podcast website at jmspodcast.com. And you can email me for any reason at jmspodcast at gmail.com. Alright, that's it for the intro. Let's go hang out with Jacob and uh, let's um, let's hear what he has to say about the latest Jurassic World film. Welcome once again. To the movie review extravaganza with once again the best film critic in San Jose, the one and only, uh, the that marvelous, the, the pseudo intellectual Jacob Wheels. Is that our thing now? <laughs> the horns, <laughs> air horns. Yeah. Oh, that's our thing now. Yeah, that was a very uh, unenthusiastic. Uh, I'm just putting my on there. Yeah, no, same here. Hey, welcome back to a new season, dude. Yeah, season season, season four, seven four, four, just of season four. the the wheels on reels. Uh-huh. The actual edited cuts or the the ones that made it. 
We, yeah. People don't know this. I watch a lot of movies, and we record a lot of podcasts. Some say you watch too many movies. Yes. Too many, too many. But that's okay. It comes with the ter- territory well, of the, being problem the is, best film critic. The problem is I only watch like 10 minutes a movie, and then I go on to the next movie, and I'm also pirating it. It's, it's like you're speed so, dating, uh, but yeah, you're speed watching I'm movies. I'm speed watching movie, and then I, figure, I, like, I get the gist. Yeah. Like, oh, this is old ladies reading nasty books. Next movie, this is, you know, my uh, bicycle gangs. <sighs> anyway, we're here. Ask me if I watched anything popular. Did you watch anything popular? I didn't, no. No, no. no. Did you watch anything unpopular? I saw Old Ladies Book Club. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But tonight you're not reviewing that? No, I'm not, no. Today you're reviewing the latest uh, film of the franchise, Jurassic World, The Forbidden Kingdom. So, uh, what are you dating like an accountant now? Or? Owen. Ventriloquist? Stop it. You love a dummy. This is not why we're here. You can blame me. Try to shame me. I know why we're here. A rescue op. Save the dinosaurs from an island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? Blue is alive. You raised her. (laughs) Do these animals deserve the same protections given to other species? Or should they just be left to die? These creatures were here before us. And if we're not careful, they're going to be here after. cannot be contained. Life breaks free. Life finds a way. My mistake, it's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, all right? Mm-hmm. With these franchises, you get them all mixed up sometimes, yeah. all right? But this is the, the latest one from the Jurassic World uh, franchise. Um, you know what my favorite movie was? Uh, Jurassic World, The Lost Boys. The Lost Boys? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's when a, they got into weird, like, vampire territory. Vampire meets dinosaurs yeah, in yeah. Santa Cruz. It was really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the, it's interesting... Uh, because they've been really trying to make this whole new Jurassic World uh, movies like the, the the a big franchise, you mm-hmm. know. Because the first Jurassic World was a big hit, 
Second was okay. The Jurassic Park series. Jurassic Park. It was when they were in right. the park and right. not the world. Right, right, Jurassic yeah. Park was great. This yeah. Jurassic Park 2 was okay. And Jurassic Park 3, it was kind of, you know, teetering towards... fine. Nobody really gave a shit yeah. for it. Then they came out with Jurassic World, which was okay, but it made a big splash. It yeah. broke records uh, in the box office. And now we got Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. This one was directed by J.A. Bayona, who is a Spanish film director, mm. who mostly does horror movies, actually. He made The Orphanage, which I really liked. Um, so that really piqued my interest. But what, what, what's interesting here as well mm-hmm. is not only that it is a horror film director. Yeah. But at least maybe they're making something different here. You know, watching the trailer, it was yeah. like, oh, shit, they're going to save the the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you got to be dumb to go save dinosaurs. Like, yeah. What's wrong with you? White people, you know? White, right? Right? It's like, right? well, the dangerous animals are dying naturally. Uh-huh. It's like, well, just let it fucking happen. Yeah. Anyway, so how, how was it going seeing this movie? Star- okay, oh, by the way, way, it's starring Chris Pratt, Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard, and a couple other people I don't okay, know. Jeff Goldblum's in there for like a second. Yeah, he has a cameo. That's for sure. Yeah, it's like a cameo and then a half. Mm-hmm. Cameo and a half. Look, all right. Let me just okay. New season. I'm gonna be like, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna stop with the nihilism. All right. I'm gonna stop with the hating. I'm gonna just be totally positive about this. It's you know, the, just a positive new uh, wheels on reels. You know, just it's gonna be all good. Mm. Oh God. Uh, this movie was fun, right? This movie was good. It was a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Uh, that's it. It was, it was a fun movie. It was a nice summer movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, without substance, though. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And without real much character development. Well, what are some highlights in this film? So, I mean, uh, the the set pieces are really cool. Like, there's... A, like, there's, a, there's an island. The whole thing is, like, this this this, this island is exploding. Like, there's going to be dying dinosaurs. Let's save the dying dinosaurs. And it's like, well, we got to get this dinosaur. But you know the problem I had with kind of the first set piece of the whole thing? Mm-hmm. I saw that same movie at the Six Flags up in uh, Vallejo. What do you mean? Because the plot, I was, okay, so I was, I was talking to my girlfriend. We're big uh, amusement park fans. Mm-hmm. So we went up to the Six Flags, uh, Discovery Kingdom, and there's this 3D ride called Escape from Dino Island, where the whole plot is there's this blowing, there's this, this island blowing up, you know, volcano blowing up. We got to go in there and save the T-Rex. And then, like, it's moving around, and it's all fun and stuff. And then it's like, when I'm watching this, I'm like, didn't I see that movie at Six Flags? <laughs> like, didn't, like, I swear I've seen this before. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly the same thing. And the funny thing is, I could have bought movie tickets with the seats that move, and it would have been the exact same thing. The D-Box. The D-Box, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of D-Box. This, this movie would have been great in D-Box, but I didn't buy the D-Box seats, which was probably my, that's my fault. Uh-huh. That was my fault. So you felt it, you felt the opening set piece of going to the island was redundant. Yeah, I mean, but not you know, no, not everyone's going to see Escape from Dino Island 3D. Mm. You know, in in the but you know everyone's going to see this movie. So I guess I don't know. Is it redundant? Yes, but no one's seen the the first original one. So who knows? Um, it's not a, it's not a, it's not incredibly uh, it's not incredibly original idea of shit blowing up and you have to save the animals. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was really cool. Like, the visual effects, like, shit was blowing up, lava's flowing, you know, Chris Pratt's doing his thing, being all goofy and stuff, which is actually my main problem. Uh, my main problem is that they, this movie wasn't, it didn't take itself seriously, but it, I feel like they were trying to take themselves seriously, if that's so what they mean. the tone was a bit off? It was weird. 
It was weird because it's like, well, it's going back to the the director doing horror movies. There's like a scene where it's like, it's, okay, first set piece. Spoiler alert! First set piece, shit's blowing up everywhere. Dinosaurs running. You know, there's a giant ball that go in. They go into, and then they fall into the water. And then there's like a knife, and then he's shooting the thing. And then like the next set piece is like they're in a mansion, and now there's like it's a horror movie because they have the 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 eagle raptor rex or something. They make it like a new raptor. Spoiler alert! It's like a hybrid. It's like a hybrid. You know what I mean? It's, it's it runs in a off trailer. Like, it's not a spoiler. Well, whatever. I mean, it runs off electricity. It's a hybrid. Um, <laughs> a dinosaur that runs off electricity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then, well, see, it's 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 uh, it's a dinosaur that runs off fuel, also. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But they're trying to convert it to um, strictly electricity, and then social commentary. They're trying to get everyone to have one of these electric electrical uh, raptors. Yeah, you, you uh, got to save the environment. Yeah, man. you got to save the environment. But what they don't realize is that not, not everyone can afford the electricity for these raptors. Yeah. So people are like, yeah, I would love to go green, but I don't have, I can't pay for this electricity bill. For this raptor. How about solar-powered raptors? Uh, you know what? They didn't go th- get there yet. No. Um, right. Solar Rex is what I'm heard. Is this the next movie? Well, I'm sure Tesla would. would yeah, you know, out. launch a dinosaur into space. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. you know. Right. Anyways. Uh, so they're in this mansion. They're in this and mansion. And then a it, horror it turns into a horror movie, which I was, I was totally okay with. Like, it was cool. Like, some of the scenes where, like, there's this little girl... And then there's like a rap. She's in a bed. I don't, she's in a bed for some reason. Yeah. And then there's like a raptor like reaching out his claws. And it's like it's a total horror movie trope. Yeah. yeah but it looked cool. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want her to die, but you know how I feel about kids. Be honest, you want her to die. I fucking. Okay, I don't. We're gonna get into spoilers. I fucking want her to die. I, I knew it. <laughs> how dare you look me in the eye and go? I did not want her to die. I was like, Jacob always wants children to die in movies. Kids should always die. Okay, in movies. In, all right. Yeah, yeah, in movies. Right. Yes. All right. I mean, no, nope, Jacob, don't, don't go there, bud. <laughs> I don't have don't a kid. There. Let's just yeah, say yeah. that. All right. Anyway, so so it seems like you had a problem with the tone. You mentioned Chris Pratt. You mentioned that that kind of bothered you. So I guess the characters were not written so very the, well. They weren't developed. Like I think this whole movie hinged off of the fact that you saw the first one, and which is problematic with me because I had a horrible experience with the first movie. What was the horrible experience? So uh, <laughs> this is kind of personal. Let me explain. So it's whenever okay. I see a dinosaur, we're, we're all friends here. Whenever the I listeners see a, are all friends. Okay. So whenever I see a dinosaur of from this new movie, the Jurassic World series, I think of my ex giving a guy a hand job in a Target parking lot. Is that what happened? Well, no, it wasn't me that got the hand. Anyways, I okay. So quick side note. Right. Okay. Right. So I went. To, okay. So I broke with my ex. Yeah. Right. When the Jurassic first Jurassic World yeah, came this, out, first everyone's like, "Fucking Jurassic World! Is this gonna be the best fucking movie ever?" Blah right. blah blah. I was like, "This looks like another just cash in, whatever, fine." Like, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Jacob, come with us. We're going in this big group. You know, get your mind off your ex, right?" Mm-hmm. Turns out she got invited. Uh-huh. She got invited to the same group. Yeah. So I'm like, she's there. It's like, awkward. It's fucking awkward. She's yeah. flirting with this dude during the movie. Uh, in front of you. In not yeah, in front of me. Which that didn't even piss me off the most. Pissed me off the most is that she was talking during the movie, like yeah. some crazy word I'm not gonna say because people are gonna think I'm sexist. Okay. So she was it, during the movie. She was talking, which is a pet peeve of mine. You don't talk in a dinosaur you don't movie. Talk during a, it doesn't matter what movie it is. I I don't care if it's a shitty movie like <laughs> like like Lady Buns or Bird or whatever. Right. Lady. Uh, L- Lady Bird. Yeah. Yeah, Lady Bird. Like. It, fucking don't talk during a movie. Right, right, right. Other people aren't enjoying it. Yeah. Like, just be courteous. Uh-huh. Anyways, I'm pissed off, right? Because, right. first of all, it's my ex, and she's talking during a movie. She's flirting for, with some other dude. Uh-huh. And they're like, let's go out. Let's go get dinner. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm leaving. Like, I'm just, I'm done with the night. The movie's over. It was a shitty movie. Mm-hmm. It was all right. It was fine. Um, I leave, and then, like, a couple months later, my, my other friend came up to me, and she's like, 
Hey, you know, after the movie, she gave a she gave a dude a hand job in the Target parking lot, and I was like, "Fuck, that's my association with this movie now." Wait a minute. So not just, okay, but that happened after the movie, not during the movie. But you, but still, the the whole Jurassic I, it's, World dinosaurs it's, it, is connected yes, to that. Because after the dinosaur movie, so every time you see a dinosaur, like, oh fuck, hand job. Yeah, I was like working at Target at the time. I was working in the toy section. I'd be putting a raptor away, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I'd be like, seriously? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you fucking dinosaurs. So, so any sight of any dinosaur just, just uh, triggers that yes. memory. Well, the new Jurassic World movies, not yeah. not the old ones. I can watch the old ones without thinking of hand shops. Okay. I, I can't watch these ones without thinking, fuck, like Target parking lots. Right. I can't go into a Target parking lot without thinking about raptors, which in turn reminds me of hand shops in the Target yeah. parking lot. But, but, but hey, hey, baby, you know, there's... It's, there's an opportunity here to move on. You have a new girlfriend. You, yeah. you guys are going strong. Yes. So now you're almost coming to this new second sequel, uh, you know, with a with a clean slate almost. Yeah. Right? I mean, she's never seen the first one too. Okay. You know what I should have done? What should you do? After the movie, I should have gone to the Target parking lot and gotten a hand job. That's the only way I could have healed. Yeah, that's true. You, that's the you only sh- way. You should have just offered it to the guy sitting next to you. He's like, "Hey, man, <laughs> I'm not you, gonna give the hand." You job. know, I, I can't. I can't say too much, but I need to give you a hand job. I need to get this chip on my shoulder out. Yeah, that's true. And if this guy was a true friend, he'd be like, you know what? Why not? Yeah, I mean, he's not a friend because he's a stranger. But I get you right. Know. But like, from one guy to another guy, most guys here we know what heartbreak really yeah, feels. Yeah, yeah. So if we know that if someone's really heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And it, it it takes a hand job to fix the heartbreak. Yeah. Well, let it happen. Like, you know what? I've been there. Yeah, of course. I've been there. Like, if yes, I was... Yes, buddy. A, go, just strike, stroke away. Yeah, exactly. Heal yourself. Yeah, I mean, if some guy offered me a... Like, I wouldn't even question it. Like, why? He's giving me a hand job. I don't care. If <laughs> but, it's for healing reasons, if it's for other weird reasons, I don't care. It's a hand job. Well, I do care. I would yeah. get permission from my girlfriend first because I'm not an asshole and I'm not going to cheat on her That's like right. that. That's right. You should get permission from your uh, girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, I don't do and, anything. And if she was a true girlfriend that loves you, she would let you. She would let me. If she cared about the human society. Yes. About the human society. Okay. Uh, anyways. So pretty much you came into this movie with a chip on your shoulder, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And it, and and so like I try to bring that. I You know, I, t- I tossed that all out. You know what I mean? I tossed it all out. I was like, I'm going to watch this fresh. She's never seen the first one, so I want to get her reaction too. You know, because she's never seen the first one. She's she's only seen, I think, one of the original ones. Yeah. So I wanted to get her opinion, too. Cool. And this is your current girlfriend. This is my girlfriend. Correct. My Right. Yes. You, you took your current girlfriend to go see this movie. Yes. Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. Cool. All right. Jurassic World. So Falling. how'd it go? I mean, it was fine. She enjoyed it, too. Like, we were holding... Uh, this might be too much. We were holding hands. You know what I mean? I don't want to reveal too much about my... My life, but we were holding That's hands normal. during the movie. What's wrong with that? During the movies, I don't know people get weirded out with when people kiss and hold hands. It's weird. Society's weird. Anyways, we were a holding. Couple, you do what you want. Yeah, yeah, you know, people are assholes. Anyways, so we were holding hands, and didn't she was into it? She was fucking. Into I mean, it. if that bothered people, me and my exes, then we really bothered people. I mean, you bothered the shit out of me. <laughs> Let's be on. I didn't say anything now because we weren't on podcast on mic. But like now, I'm gonna really get it off. That really bothered me. You just in generally yeah. kind of bother me. <laughs> but, but we with my, my ex-girlfriend really bothered. I know. Yeah. Well, I mean. It bothered a lot of people. Yeah. 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 But there was it's, 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 Especially her. It, let's, especially, know, it bothered her that she was with me. So you know what, Jorge? If you want to give me a hand job to get, get, get over this. <laughs> we'll, you know, we'll, we'll give each other hand, hand jobs and well, just I don't need release to give a these emotions anymore. You, oh. You're the one who needs the hand job. To Apparently, get, to give a hand. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Going back to the movie, she but, enjoyed it. She right. she got into the she got into the like she was really invested in it, which was I, I liked that about her. Mm-hmm. She cared about this movie that I cared nothing about. 
Okay. So whenever something happened, like she would squeeze my hand because she's like, "Oh shit, fucking dinosaurs and stuff." And then I don't know why she talks like that, but she does. Um, so she squeezed my hand. She'd be like, "Fucking dinosaurs." Yeah. And I'd be like, "Cool, someone's enjoying this." Uh huh. Um, but it was just like it's it's a weird tonal movie too, because you know that you know that I don't know why I don't know like you know that classic scene where it's like, oh, it's a it's a it's a T Rex and he did something cool and then he's like. He's like roaring into the sky. Yeah. You know that that iconic scene. Right. They did that like nine times, and I'm like, uh, again. So it really? gets annoying. Yeah, it was like, it was like, oh, we're on the island, and there's a fucking uh, Veggiesaurus or whatever, and then he howls into the moon. Like it's, it's supposed to be that scene in the first movie where they first see the dinosaurs for the first time. Yeah. But it's like, oh, man, people just make stupid mistakes in this movie too. Yeah. Dumbest mistakes ever. We'll get to that in in a spoiler section or whatever. Okay. Actually, not even spoiler. So. The, the characters annoyed me like the things they did and you know how you know how much I love my diversity Jorge sure okay so like it's a bunch of first of all it's a bunch of white people and then they finally get well no it's not a bunch of white it's one white person well historically in this franchise there is too many white there's people there's a lot of white people yeah. but you know how they they, they, they handled that they added a, a, a tech girl who's super sarcastic Asian girl uh, oh they make the tech person an Asian yeah, yeah she's well no she's she's a doctor or something uh-huh. she's pro- she was probably a Filipino um, and then they had the no the tech guy was the black guy the nervous black guy yeah and that's okay. how they got around this diversity by adding a sarcastic Asian and a techie nerdy worried black guy it's very stereotypical right and I was just like these fucking I don't care and I hope they die yeah I was like these guys these kids are probably in their 20s they're probably thinking you they're so full of life yeah and I was just like fuck you go get eaten by a dinosaur that's what I was saying I wanted it to happen because the first thing they get on the island they're like oh we're on this island like no shit we're on the island and then like they hear footsteps they're like what is that the the scared black guy is like oh I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there he's like oh no like there's dinosaurs like this T-Rex is gonna get me and then the lady's like looks outside and she's like the, the sarcastic Asian and she's like <gasps> and then she runs outside and everyone's like don't fucking run outside like don't leave this secure and then she looks up and it's like a, it's a it's a it's a leafosaurus or whatever and then he eats he takes a bite and then like like he roars into the sky and it's just like why did she do that that was like the dumbest thing you could have done like even though this thing's a, a meat eater that fucker could have stepped on you yeah like why is yeah. she getting all close yeah and it like it takes and it's not even that wonder that you get from the first one when they first see the dinosaur it's just kind of like Okay, a, a leaf, a leafosaurus, right there. Cool. Leafosaurus sounds like a Pokemon. It probably is. It's a leaf, leafosaur. <laughs> I don't know why that's the voice I chose. I don't know why I do have to have the voices I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so you got stupid characters making stupid decisions yeah. in this movie. Yeah, and then okay, so like another thing is they like the tone tonally. So there's this one part in the beginning. This is a minor spoiler. Mm. Um, so uh, Chris Peck gets tranked. And they leave him for dead, right? This, this he gets tr- tranquilized. He gets tranked. Yeah, he gets a dart in his chest or something. Okay. Um, and then he's on the floor, right? And there's this lot. It's really intense scene. Like in in any other movie, it would have been like really. It was pretty intense, but and love is like coming toward him. He's on the floor and he's like trying to you know move his body and stuff like that. But he does this like weird like comedic slapsticky kind of like I'm gonna move my arm over my chest and then I'm gonna flip over and then I'm gonna move my leg over. Uh, and then he like does this weird like exorcism call- crawl that looks funny and like it kind of takes away from the scene. Yeah. And it's just like, what are you? Are you trying to make us laugh? Like this movie tries to make you laugh and like no one in the theater is laughing. Mm. Like there's like that's not good. Yeah, it's just like come on, like really, like you're okay. This comic relief black dude is like 
he's a young kid. I don't know his name. He's a, he's probably not even black. He's probably something else. Um, I kind of thought he was Indian at first. But that's just because he was in the techie. He was like a techie who did. So you made the uh, racial stereotype. I mean, that you, was my You projected fault. your racism on the character. I did. I apologize to that actor for thinking you were uh, an Indian yeah. because you worked with computers. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, where was I going? Anyways, and like there's he's supposed to be the comic relief character. And like he says stuff and like you're supposed to laugh. But everyone in the theater is like. Hmm. Now let's talk about the real stars of this movie, yeah. which is the dinosaurs. Yeah, are they any different from previous, you know, dinosaurs, or or if it's the same old, same old? I mean, they're pretty much honestly. I couldn't tell dinosaurs. Like, there's just too much stuff going on to where you can't just appreciate dinosaurs. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they're locked up in cages, or they're running around because there's like smoke everywhere, and then like the 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 smoke engulfs the, the Vegasaurus, and then he's yelling at the stars again. You know, it's just like they all look the same, and like they don't just give you time to like know what's a what's a what's a what's a, what dinosaur it is. Mm. You know, and it's kind of like okay, I mean, it's cool. Like they really want you to watch the first one, mm. and they like make a bunch of callbacks too. It's like, like oh, uh, John Ham. No, his name's not John Ham. Hammond. That's his name. Mm. He's like Hammond did this to me, and they're like, well, who's Hammond? Like who's this Hammond dude? Mm-hmm. Well, you watch the first movie. Like like they don't give you anything. And then they got the, the, they got like a dying guy. Like there's this old dude. I don't know. I don't know about this movie. I didn't, it, I'm confused about this movie as much as you are. Seems like you're in the middle about it. Like it was a fun movie. You like, said it's a fun movie, but you felt like it was not really any substance to it. There was no substance. It was okay. just like set piece after set piece. Like right. dinosaurs hitting, hitting people and they're flying everywhere. And then the mm-hmm. Eagle Raptor. I'm sorry. I'm saying Eagle Raptor. That's a YouTuber. Oh. This Ecosaurus is like. Like it gets loose. Like I'm. This is nothing. Spo- this is no spoiler. You know what's gonna happen. Right. Right. Okay. So overall, how would you you know grade or, or rate this movie? And do you recommend it to people to go see it? Watch it in D box because this movie is gonna be great in D box. You know. Um. And even like, like don't look at it. Don't don't go to this movie expecting a theme. All right. Because like they kind of th- I don't know what like their whole theme of this. They they even say this in the first movie. It's Jeff Goldblum being like. Humans are gonna are gonna be the reason these dinosaurs like rule the earth, blah blah this and that, and then like in the middle of it they're like oh corporations are the reason why like these dinosaurs are still alive. Oh, so the villains aren't even that interesting. No, it's the same it's shit. A corporation. It's, it's the evil corporate, yes. corporate, uh, corporate being. Okay, I've been trying to avoid that. I've been trying to walk around that because fucking spoilers. Because people get on my ass. <laughs> my girlfriend gets jealous that these people are on my ass. <laughs> So pretty much, there's nothing really original going no, on here. No, there's great set pieces, which is that's good. Okay, but yeah. other than that, not, nothing much to this no. movie. No, all right. And I a lot of. Can we go into spoilers? Can I just complain? Can I vent? Uh, can you make it fast? Yes. Kids are stupid. Okay. Like okay, so there's this scene at the end. Kind of, I like the scene because it builds character. It, it gives it. Uh, it's it's the only scene where a character actually transforms and has an arc. Okay. So the the, the girl activist, the girl from the first movie, yeah. redhead. We'll call her Red. Um, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's yeah, character. Yeah, Red. So Red's like, at first in the movie, she's like, I want to save these these dinosaurs, right? I want to save the dinosaurs. And then there's this... Her, her name in the movie is Claire. Yes. You call her Red because she's redheaded? Yes. Okay. It's because I don't care about the characters. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm doing here? <laughs> like, I don't give a shit about these characters. Okay, okay. So Red's doing what? So Red, her whole, her whole arc is like, she wants to save these animals. And then at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, uh, like this gas, they're all locked in underground bunker. Mm-hmm. And like there's this gas leaking in, 
and she has this chance to open up the floodgates and let him out into San Francisco and let him roam free. Oh, so this is in the Bay Area. Yeah, this is like uh, this is Northern California. It is unspecified. Bay. Okay. Uh, un- unspecified Northern California. Uh-huh. And she's like she's like, "Oh, I can let him out. Right? I can I can let these these animals free roam free." And she's about to let him go instead of getting choked by the gas. But then Chris Pratt's like, "You know what this means, right? If you let him go, millions of people are going to die." And she consciously makes the decision, "I'm going to let these animals die because that's what's right." Mm-hmm. And then the fucking kid presses the goddamn button saying that uh, these people these 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 animals and these dinosaurs need to live because they're like me and i'm like fuck you kid you entitled millennial piece you, of shit it's like a little fucking like six-year-old because spoiler she's a clone too okay like this little girl's a clone which comes out of nowhere these dinosaurs are just like me yeah. therefore they have to they live. have to live so she lets them go they have to go kill people yes. because they're like me yeah exactly because that's why i fucking hate kids kids are stupid all right <laughs> Alright, so she lets him go, and I'm really hoping the new movie, the next movie, Jurassic World, fucking kids are stupid, uh, Jurassic World 3 kids are stupid, uh, is her living with the guilt that she just killed millions of people because she's an idiot. So at the end of the day, the dinosaurs escape. Yeah, they escape. And they cause havoc, and, yes. and the movie ends. Yeah, well, they, they, they go out the door, and then it's like a montage of like a raptor running up into like a city, or like the hills of a city. And stuff like that. And it's just like, oh my god, why do these characters make such stupid mistakes? Like, why? why? And it frustrates me, Jorge. Oh. It really frustrates me. It's all right, man. We'll, we'll, we'll release this frustration by giving each other hand jobs. all right? Yeah, I mean, that's the only way to really... All right, Jacob. Thank you for coming along. Yeah. And uh, do you want the hand lubricator or not? Do you want it dry? You know what? Let's play it by ear. All How right. about that? All right. Thank you, Jacob, once again. See you later. Until next time. If you have seen the latest Jurassic World film and you want to tell me your take on it, please email me at gemspodcast at gmail.com. I'll love to hear your take on it. Alright, let's move on to our main guest. Our main guest today is JWB. Uh, they are a, a, a group who, uh, as you're about to find out, exceed expectations and are amazing great people. And they do a lot for the community here in the music scene. Uh, I highly recommend you check out Jake's uh, open mic, which is on Monday nights at Red Rock Cafe in Mountain View. You have a, it's a great scene there with a lot of great positive vibes. And uh, as you're about to find out that these people, when they're together, um, they're quite a group. They're quite a group, so check them out. Follow them. I don't think they have a website, but they definitely have social media. So check it out on Facebook. Check it out on Instagram. I'm pretty sure they have a Twitter as well. Just search for JWB. Just the letters J W B. Don't spell it out. Just, just, just the letters. The letter J, the the letter W, and the letter B. And at the end of the conversation, they do perform one song here in the podcast studio, and it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So let's get to it. Here is my talk with J W B. guys it's great having you guys here yeah you guys were talking about the jake you brought in some uh, burger king here well yeah i mean 
Oh my god. Breakfast of Champions. Sponsor us Burger King. Sure, I mean, <laughs> well, no, here, here's the story. Um, the system was down at McDonald's, so I had to go to Burger King. I, really? I, I'm, I'm dead serious. The I go, system was no, down. The system was down at McDonald's. I go, was it all automated? I think that was like their plan, is to make automation a thing. The ro- I, the I guess so. I, I no. pull up to the drive-thru, and I'm like ready to get you know my McGriddle on, and Ooh. Homeboy's just like, uh, our system's down. We can't take any orders right now. And, you know, I drive past the drive through window and I may or may not have yelled, get your shit together. And hey, we I, have that problem. You know, we have that problem at work, too. Okay. Okay, yeah, okay fine. It's Father's Day, you know? Come on. Uh, oh, Chill out. I'll be yelling at these people, man. I said may or may not, okay? Uh, I, I I choose to use my Fifth Amendment privilege. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but then I went, I went and got some burgers. So JWB, let's do a quick, uh, you know, around the room. Introduce yourselves and and you know your role in the band, you know, because uh, I know I had two of the members here, one on one, and then we got Will for the first time here. Mm-hmm. Word. So let's start with Jake, man. Uh, so yes, I'm, uh, I'm Jake Wickman. I am the lead singer and guitarist of JWB. Uh, my name is Noah Raniakea. I am the bassist and also, I guess. Uh, instrumental soloist for JWB. Uh, my name is William Lineberry, and I'm the percussionist in JWB. Nice. Uh, now, one thing that is different from the last time I had both of you here is the name change. And it's not yeah. so much that was changed, you know, the way it's spelled, but the meaning behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it no longer means the Jake Wickman band. No. So no. what does it mean now, and what was kind of the uh, idea when trying to make that change? So, to, to be perfectly honest, I never liked the name the Jake Wickman Band. You, you don't like the sound of your own name? No, not not in this sense, because, like, for me, it was like, it, it was just kind of like we needed a name, so we threw it together when we formed, but I always felt like it wasn't all about me. Mm-hmm. And especially when we really started writing together as a trio and you know Noah and Will were becoming you know just as involved as me I was just like okay this 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 is not working for me I don't like that the focus is purely on me when you know you know these two incredible guys are just as equally uh involved so our manager actually suggested why don't you guys just shrink it down to JWB mm-hmm. and just have it kind of be a fun like it could mean whatever you want it to mean thing. Yeah. So um, now you mentioned manager, which the mm-hmm. listeners should know that your manager is Donna Steelman. Yes. Who she's also the pot, uh, the coordinator here for the JMS uh, podcast events. Mm-hmm. And can I say that she's you know your significant other? Sure. Yes. Of course. You guys have been together for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. No. Don, Donna and I have been. Uh, Don, yes. Donna Steelman is my girlfriend. We have been together for uh, a year and a half. And yeah. It's, uh, she's wonderful. Yeah. But but she's pretty much the one who kind of you know the idea of like hey you know let's switch it up let's just keep the letters and mm-hmm. I guess the are the fans supposed to make up the name for you or is that how it works? Yeah, it's this kind of uh, choose-your-own-adventure of a name, I guess. My personal Talk about Burger King. Have it your way. <laughs> Sponsor us. No, but really, though. Um, yeah, my personal interpretation is just want burritos. Yeah. Because that's just me all the time. Just want burritos. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, there, there's all sorts of ones. Uh, our one of my uh, one of mine and Noah's coworkers came up with jamming with baristas. Which oh, is that's pretty fitting because yeah. Will literally is jamming with, with baristas. baristas when he when he plays with us. So. True. Yeah, he uh, won the competition. Yeah, we actually we actually held a competition for uh, who could come up with the best JWB hashtag. This was yeah. probably about six months ago. Yeah. And uh, uh, our coworker Raul, he won with uh, jamming with baristas, and we made him a custom T-shirt. Custom shirt. That was good. We <laughs> should make a batch of those because I like that one. Maybe. See, that's a ballsy move. That makes me nervous, you know. Like I don't know, like if someone like someone could you totally take that and make it some inappropriate, you know, interpretation. Oh sure. Jock steps with, with bronies or something. I don't know. Just you know want the booty. You know, I mean no I mean of course, you know, but, but, can no, do but that with anything. It does say is that you guys really trust your fans. You guys really trust, you know, it seems you yeah. really know your audience. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. No, our the fans that we have have been have been great you know they come out to the shows and uh you know it's it's kind of a little family we've got and it's been i love we love them. we yeah. love you yes so. yeah and like for anything that is you know not necessarily super clearly spelled out in terms of a name there's always the potential for abuse so it's just like Whatever, I guess. Like you could, I guess. Suppose you could get really creative with ACDC too, if you really wanted to. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's just—I don't think it's worth worrying about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, another development that has happened since is that you guys are actually working on a full album now. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember the last time I had Jake here, you you just released your EP. Yeah. So. Um, so, so what makes this album? Uh, you know. Uh, a, is it a departure from EP, or do you feel like it's, it's an evolution of it? I think it's definitely, well, it's a completely brand new project. You know, that EP that I did back in 2016, you know, that was my solo project. Um, and, you know, Will was there with me, you know, uh, you know, Will was the mastermind behind it pretty much. And, you know, you and Marty were involved as well. And that was a fantastic experience. I'll I think never I still have a poster around. Yeah. That's yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, Noah, we met Noah sort of just as we were releasing that. Yes. Um, but the thing is, you know, since we formed as a band, uh, the sound is completely different. Yeah. Um, my ex the songs, are the songs are completely different. I think it's a, it's a whole new thing. It's a whole, it, it's completely evolved into a new thing now. So I, I don't, I'm not necessarily say that I'm, you know, leaving that all behind because it's a you know beautiful time in my life but i definitely say it is a brand new thing so, and yeah. for you two how was it you know i know will was involved heavily with the first e ep and, yep. and noah just got started so how for noah what was your experience trying to come in and having a larger role in developing th this album um well, it was interesting because um, based on my sort of classical music training and my experience working with other bands, I sort of had developed my own ideas in terms of songwriting and I guess, you know, all the instrumentation and stuff like that, that I think uh, were pretty, pretty helpful to get those additional perspectives. Like, you know, Jake is super good at doing what Jake does here. It's really catchy stuff. It's really upbeat and fun, but you know, I was sort of was able to add additional layers of nuance to it in terms of um, counter melodies and instrumentation and 
fun arrangements and just like stylistic stuff that you know the stuff that you know we don't necessarily really talk about but like you'll hear it in the record and be like oh that sounds really cool and it's just like you know those are things that we discussed and you know i think i was able to contribute by having this very different musical background as a result of that right like the details of the background really added all as an extra layer to it yeah everything is in the details it's you know people you know, the listeners aren't really going to be like, oh, I really like what they did, like, right here, unless they're, like, also trained musicians. But, you know, but that's, but the people that we're trying to appeal to, just who just want to listen to good music and fun music, um, they'll just be like, I really like that. And they won't necessarily, like, sit down, like, with, like, a pen and paper and be like, okay, what did they do here? Like, no, no one has time for that. But, like, we're just trying to make it easier for them to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I guess that's sort of what my role was, especially once I was done re- uh, recording my bass stuff, and then I sort of took a producer kind of tradition. Yeah, that but, was actually like I think you know that was weird. When the album does eventually come out, I Noah, you'll get to see Noah's incredible direction skills because you know they just they knew what, like, especially when I was recording vocals, like they just had so many insane ideas that I wouldn't have even thought of just because of that that theory and knowledge of just how of the language of music right right which you yeah. know it's interesting so. you know having multiple people or heads you know working on something because you never know what the other person's uh, background or experience could add on to what's already there uh, but it's most interesting because Jake you don't really have musical training or no. or, or will it's, I had some Oh, you had yeah. some. I took cla- uh, lessons for about five years where I learned how to read and write. Music. Oh, okay. Oh, my, so my apologies. Yeah, well, no, it's okay. I, I feel like I just became a shitty friend. <laughs> like, how long have we known each other? But, but 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 definitely having some like Noah who is classically trained. You yeah. know, it's 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 interesting. What was like some of the challenges when trying to mix those things together? You know, you got you got the. Uh, well, the thing that I think I strive to do that in some ways made things easier is like there are ways to sort of couch any kind of information in language that makes it like more like accessible like there's a lot of ways to say the same thing right so I could have gotten really academic about it but like that's not the language Jake speaks mm-hmm. that's not the language Will speaks Will well, especially Jake Jake speaks in the language of like 90s pop so I can be like alright you know this song I like the thing that they like did in this song. I really like this thing that like this idea, this kind of thing. Like, and, you know, I well, I guess I'm out of the closet now. <laughs> so, 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 <laughs> but it works. Though. So you had like a playlist of references. Oh, oh yeah. Like, he educated me. Oh, in the a 90s. lot of ways. Because yeah, yeah. well, I, I didn't. The 90s. Yeah, I didn't really grow up listening. Like I listened to like, a <laughs> lot of stuff, but I wasn't like, I didn't like study it. You know what I mean? And like Jake, mm-hmm. in some ways, is the scholar. Yeah. Of that style, the scholar of the nineties. I like kind of. Yeah, the nineties were good. You know, back back in February, <laughs> Noah and I we took a road trip down to Orange County and back uh, to play at my grandmother's birthday party, and pretty much there and back, I gave Noah an extensive history lesson of nineties oh pop music. <laughs> oh my god! Well, what what is about the nineties pop music that attracts you to it? Well, I don't know. It's just it's nostalgic to me. I you know I grew up just loving you know. Now specifically, like nineties like pop, we're talking about. Here? Yeah, okay. like nineties like pop. There's I guess just growing up, uh, you know, 
listening to Radio Disney all the time, you know, you would yeah. hear, you know, Backstreet Boys. <laughs> yeah. 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 Once you yeah, pull yeah. the Radio Disney, you, you should listen to some street cred here, dude. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Honestly, I the fact of the matter is, you know, people can think whatever they want to think. The fact of the matter is, you know, I, I love music. Yeah. And frankly, I don't really buy into that whole you know if you don't listen to this type of music you're not you're not cool sort of thing it's just uh-huh. like you know it's a waste of time you know uh-huh. the fact of the matter is is like you know pop music is super catchy yeah it's you know super upbeat oh, yes. it gets you snapping your fingers and uh you know thanks people like to listen to it people like yeah. to listen to it it was so. very successful the 90s had some real successful artists yeah, yeah. Uh, you know so um but so, do you feel like it's a bit more like a, a? I mean, as much as the technical, you know, you know, I guess you know, high paced and catchy tunes, is it very nostalgic? It seems. Oh, absolutely! It definitely puts me, makes me feel like a kid. And who doesn't enjoy feeling like a kid? It's the same know? for me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I hear it, I go back to my my childhood memories and like remember stuff I was doing. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is great. Mm-hmm. So I actually I have a big uh, nostalgia pop playlist on my Spotify that I rock out to all the time yeah. and it's mm-hmm. definitely had a it's definitely had an influence on my music on how i write and noah you just had to soak it all in yeah i i did my best because <laughs> you grew up like in the 90s didn't you i i didn't like i had like for being someone who is a musician i really didn't listen to a whole lot of music growing up because my parents had like this weird thing they like didn't want me to have like a walkman because they thought it would make me antisocial. <laughs> Which is crazy. (laughs) It's so crazy. Interesting, huh? Yeah, I I have a master's degree in bass performance, and I wasn't allowed to listen to music growing up. You tell me how I got here. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's super weird. But, like, yeah, I actually grew up listening to a lot of Rush, Mm. Offspring. Those are, like, the two notable bands. And then, like, Irish, Irish folk music because that's what my mom liked to listen oh, to so like that, that was all like very passively oh peter gabriel oh you guys and peter gabriel and i was like i listened to that like passively like not like i wasn't like buying cds like that was just stuff that was on mm-hmm. i can and I hear heard, it coming um, stop it please <laughs> that's phil Collins. yeah is it oh yeah. come on will. will what's going on here this is some will stuff he's, right he's got another good like in my eyes or he's got some just think of tarzan yeah, peter gabriel eyes yeah, I think that's, that's Peter K. Because it's got to be him. That, that's the Tarzan I soundtrack, mean, aren't right? Aren't they pretty so. much the same person? <laughs> <laughs> God, <laughs> now for Will, you know, you know, you've been with this band or and with Jake Wakeman for a while. How was it, you know, coming in and continuing to coming in with this album? And do you feel like uh, was there any extra skills you had to develop? Uh, well, so like you said, I met Jake at an open mic. We collaborated. Which one specifically? I, th- I want to say it was um, Cafe for Scotty, but it was through the Red Rock affiliates that we like got introduced. Actually, to. Will, I don't know if you remember this. We actually, the first time we met was at when Israel Sanchez was trying to run that mic at that music shop that's not there anymore. Oh, the rock shop. The rock shop. That's when we met. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was when we met. Um, <laughs> that was like a short. That was like what stint. the fuck? Yeah, I've never. I don't yeah, know this was that. no. This was before you moved to town. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. This is, uh, uh, <laughs> but but uh, but I think we this is BN before Noah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I think definitely for Scotty was where we 
bonded and connected a lot. So I yeah. must have met you there, but I mean, mm -hmm. I think I got formally introduced and learned that you were a host of an open mic, and then the yeah, we co we, we talked more at Red Rock. I mean, sorry, Cafe for Scotty, but through Red Rock affiliates. Uh, got to, I think I invited Jake over to my house. We jammed. Slowly, just kind of turned into uh, more and more of an opportunity where we bonded and enjoyed sharing the music together. Uh, his EP was very grassroots. I think Jake came to us at your graduation party, Jorge, here in the here? backyard. Like, yeah, right it, was, it was right there in that backyard yeah. where I was just like, you know what, let's uh, let's make an EP. He came yeah. to me with an yeah. insane concept. He's like, I want to make an EP in a weekend. Like something crazy. Like, oh, that's like right. Two I, days. I, I do recall. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's uh, let's slow this down here. Let's talk about it. And so uh, <laughs> did, did I ever tell you what inspired me to, to have that thought? It was no. So I had a I, when I was living in Australia, I had a bunch of friends who were doing a film school, and they would do these things called forty-eight hour film blitzes, where right. they would make short. I'll just oh, get close. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Where they That's would uh, make short films, you know, write, cast, shoot, edit everything in forty-eight hours. Yeah. I was just like, that might be fun to try with an EP. No, probably. Then, it's, it's probably it's not. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. The thing is no. with those forty. Eight hours competitions. I think it's it's a lot of fun, and you know, you pick up this you know skills and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them aren't that great. I mean, some of them are good, but don't expect you know an Oscar-winning fucking film to come sure. out of a forty-eight hour <laughs> no, movie. No, of course. So, yeah. no. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, so sometimes I guess that was a lesson you, you kind of had to learn was sometimes a patience. Well, the thing. Well, luckily factor. we never even attempted it because you know Will was very quick to tell me I was out of my mind. Yeah. So well, it's doable, but it's physically, mentally, spiritually draining to try yeah. to do something like that in forty-eight hours. So. So we we slowed down that pace. We figured out you know a plan, and we started working on uh, the Ode to Marie uh, EP. That took probably about what six, seven months. I want to say from from first go to release was probably four and a half months. Okay, it took a while. Uh, there was at one point I was staring at the computer screen so hard that my uh, prescription and my glasses, like my eyes shifted. Oh yeah, that's me all the time with the podcast when I'm the, editing. Yeah, this year I've gone through th three different prescriptions. Because yeah, you're oh staring. I'm just kidding. I'm so kidding. Hard. I'm exaggerating. That's but, but, the worst, right? Yeah. Yeah. I started getting headaches. I was like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Figured out that my prescription had changed and I needed new glasses. I mean, that was a very grassroots day in my room. Edit. Work with Marty. And uh, just oh, created yeah. the the EP. With this album, we have more firepower. We added Noah, and uh, we started working with Dominic Brown. And he uh, he was just took a lot of the uh, you know for a while there. I was doing the sound engineering and the recording. So now I'm just doing the recording. I'm just the artist. Yeah. And uh, the sound and everything has evolved to where it's. I I mean, you got to hear one of the tracks that right. I sent you. Right. I just can't wait to hear what uh, is going to happen with the other songs. Okay. So it's a big, it's been a big evolving door with uh, this project, and I've really enjoyed it, and can't wait to see what happens. So next. by you stepping back, technically, it, it allowed you to kind of focus on the more, uh, you know, playing the music kind of side of things. Yeah, I could dive more into it. I wrote parts. Uh, I figured everything out into like a schematic that I could use in the recording studio, because mm -hmm. drums and vocals took probably the most amount of time with our album, I'd probably say, right? 
Yeah, I, w- I would definitely say so. And I think, you know, I specifically wanted Will to be able to focus on the, the music for this album because, you know, it's a full-length record. Yeah, it's another thing. Doing. It's a full, yeah. You know, the, when we did my EP, we just did four songs. This album's going to have ten tracks on it. And, like... And Why ten? Um, well, uh, I feel... I felt like ten was a good solid number for a first album Mm -hmm. i think it's enough to give people a uh a good you know taste of what we do Mm -hmm. and it's just enough to leave them wanting more because you know i see a lot of people putting like 12 15 20 tracks on an album i'm just like i'm usually i've usually you know, stop paying attention after about ten tracks. Ten's a good number. I think yeah, so. I, I felt like, like I felt like, t- and also you know, um, a musical mentor of mine really uh, suggested like, don't go, don't go over ten. Mm-hmm. The 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 thing you want is people wanting more. Yes. Now, um, so. did you come in confidently having enough you know uh, material that you liked to do ten, or yeah. did you feel yeah, it, no. it was something you had to work on? No, totally. We we well, we actually did end up writing one of the songs for the album during the recording process but that was just by happenstance we had we came in with 10 songs prepared mm-hmm. yeah with like, everything we actually you know we did a bunch of cuz i'd say like as a band we probably have i want to say maybe 20 original songs as a band that yeah. we mm-hmm. we can perform uh but uh, we want we we needed to narrow it down. And it was challenging, and it was yeah. no, it was. And then, uh, then we ended up writing a song while we were, were recording, and we were like, "No, this this needs to be on this there. needs yeah. to be on the album." Yep. So, yeah. by the way, uh, the, the the name of the album is coming up. It is the start today. Now, yeah. Mm-hmm. So by the time this airs, we will have oh, yeah. announced that. <laughs> so, okay, okay. I was um, about yeah. So uh, no, the the album is going to be called Start Today. Yes. What's the significance of that title? Um, so it's actually uh, we um, the uh, we came up with that title. Uh, we actually the song we wrote during recording is called Start Today. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a song. That I wrote uh, for my grandfather, uh, who passed away in February, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the song in itself really talks about, uh, you know, how my grandfather was always a very positive thinker and always a very encouraging guy, and he would always tell me to go for it, and he was just like, "There's," and um, he had a poem. My my grandfather was a poet. And uh, the last line of the of one of, of my favorite of his poems uh, is uh, so if you've got what it takes then dreamer for goodness sakes go for it and start today. And I felt like I mean I'll let these two chime in on this as well so I don't take I don't want to hog the interview. Uh, but for me that a lot of the songs on the record kind of have that start now start now start now sort of feel to them um in regardless of what they're uh, regardless of the context so i personally felt like that was a good title for the record yeah okay um yeah we actually deliberated a lot on both the name of the album and the name of that song and Uh if that was going to be the title track or not and Mm -hmm. yeah just because you know 
it's well it's hard to name an album in the first place because it's just like what are we trying to tell people yep. uh-huh. what do we want people to think about us as a project before they even listen to anything oh, yeah. so it seems just like what Jake was saying it seems like the consistent theme of all of the songs is just kind of like be brave and embrace your life and your experiences and just try to like move forward and like not not forgetting things but like move forward and like be strong in that kind of way and uh (laughs) so it seemed like that was the most appropriate name for the album and then (laughs) and then uh, combining that with uh the name of that song um you know there was a lot of different ways we could have named that song based on various lines in the poem and that seemed like the most open-ended and also the most, uh, I guess I want to say the most uh, powerful, mm. I guess in a lot of ways for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, the title's very important as uh, a listener of music and lover of music. I love looking at titles of albums and EPs and names of songs. It's a, it's a fun little hobby I have. Uh, that The title means so much to us in so many different ways. It's a reference to uh, Jake's grandpa's poem, the poem. Um, It means for me as a correlation, go for your dreams, you gotta start today. You gotta go for it. There never is a perfect time to go and do something. You need to kind of just make it happen. It also is a metaphor to us as a band, just going for it and constantly, you know, going towards our hopes and our dreams of making it and making this, you know, a, a career and uh, you know, eventually, I'd love this to be my life, you know, playing music. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Now, Noah, you mentioned that there's like a fun element going on with this album. Is that something that's going to be, you know, expected from this album? Like it's going to be more upbeat and fun? Because I know your first EP kind of, ha- you were battling with some demons, you know, at the time. Well, yeah, it was yeah. a breakup EP. Yeah. <laughs> it was, so, it, it was so, plain and simple. It was a breakup EP. So, so, so did, um, is that something to be expected with this upcoming album? It's, it's definitely, and especially since you guys were talking about 90s pop, yeah. mm-hmm. are, are we talking about more of a, of a very uh, uplifting uh, yeah. sound to it? Yes. I would say in general, um, the tempos we choose, the keys that we choose, the kinds of catchy melodies that Jake uh, uses, I would say are definitely much more high energy. Like every, I would say every song has a very distinct feel and energy to them. There's like no repetitions in terms of feel, but all of them have that consistent characteristic yeah. of being upbeat and high energy and fun mm-hmm. and that kind of way. There is, there are a couple, a little bit darker ones. Um, I have been told by a good musical colleague that I really look up to, um, that it's definitely on the grungier side, mm. but that's also like in that same '90s, yeah, right, right. In our purview. Right. So like, I'm, a, I'm, it's, it's good. I think we definitely channeled our uh, inner Nirvana on that. On that one, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's like our heaviest song. Yeah. yeah, but everything else is very like upbeat tempos, stuff that gets your foot tapping, things that get you humming along. Uh-huh. In general, I would say that's a pretty consistent sound for the EP. And we picked no each what. song to tell the story of the album, so it's kind of ups and downs per you know our guidance. Yeah. What What do you feel will be the central theme with this album? Like, what does you think the listeners should get you know as a whole the most out of it? Well, I'd say it's just it's the name of the album. Start today. Mm-hmm. Don't Don't be afraid. Well, okay, not don't be afraid because if you're being brave. 
you're going to be afraid yeah. to an mm-hmm. extent. But don't let that stop you. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say um, it's a story of love, loss, and overcoming. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's uh, the topics that we uh, that these songs are about. They're very real. Um, they're very uh, relatable. And I think it's uh, what I, I'm really hoping is you know when this album does eventually come out, uh, it will be an encouragement for people to you know achieve whatever they're setting out to do yeah whether it be moving on from something whether it be you know i mean anything and everything you can think of it's just like you know mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. So I hope yeah it, yeah I, I would agree ditto yeah mm. now it seems that i mean it seems like you guys have a, a new uh how can i put this a larger expansion when it comes to product production value mm-hmm. you guys are getting a lot of help from from a local church, right? They they're kind of g- yeah. giving you guys some utilities and oh, it's and been amazing. Yes. So how was it going from recording at Will's garage or room? I'm sorry, it's not garage. No, it it's, technically it's, is a garage slash my I, room. I, 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 I didn't mean to imply your, your yes, room was a garage. Oh Will, I'm well, with a bus. <laughs> well, I eat the cave. No, well, hey, well, no, well, so, to so Will's he, credit, he's moved into the house now. That's true. So. That's true. Yeah. But, but essentially, how, how was it going from recording in Will's room? To now, like a, like a, almost a full on studio. Yeah, actually, it, it is a full. Yeah, studio. it is a full on studio. Well, it's a completely different experience. I mean, recording. I will never forget recording in Will's, you know, home studio. What like, I do remember is you doing your thing and you looking at the mirror. I thought it was pretty f- funny. No, it, well, yeah. did, did you have <laughs> did you have that in the new studio? Did did you demand a, a mirror to be put in front of no, you? While you no. <laughs> okay. Here, here's the thing. I am. Why I am the most comfortable, why I was comfortable singing while looking in a mirror. Growing up, I would always pretend to be a rock star in my bathroom singing into my bathroom mirror. All right. So it's, it was just a very comfortable thing. It was my first time recording. So I That's was just reasonable. like, no, I did not have a mirror in the studio at the church. So well, we should have, though. In retrospect, yeah. retro- I mean that really oh. helped. I remember as a producer when Jake and I started doing that, I was like, "Wow, his vocal tracks are becoming so much more, be- I'm like more confident. Mm-hmm. He's hitting stuff." But be- like, I was like, "Let's do this." So, uh, well, thank you, <laughs> I appreciate that. But no, it was it was a completely different experience. I loved recording at Will's place. Don't get me wrong, uh, but getting to be in that professional setting, you know, with a recording engineer who's you know, not in the band. Uh, it was it was awesome it was you know we the guy who engineered our album is a good friend of ours his name's dom dominic brown uh fantastic guy uh yeah really wanted to work with us uh-huh. which was which i think helped a lot because he was like passionate about the yeah. project as well um and just getting to you know Experiment by using like different vocal mics and having yeah. access to all this sorts of uh, things that we didn't have the first time. Yeah, uh, it was educational, and I think the overall quality of the recordings is definitely going to be uh, affected. Next, yeah, yeah, next level. It's going to be next level. It's amazing. The EP. So. How was it for you guys? You know, going like, oh shit, this is the I, real thing happening. I get five mics on my upright bass. So I'm just super happy. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the bass sounds is, really good. Is it like, oh my god, they're actually paying attention to me now? We got yeah. five mics on here. Yeah, it's 
playing in the hall of the church with five mics on you while you're recording it feels really good mm -hmm. it's hard to it's hard to record an upright um especially when i do boat stuff high boat stuff like lead melody kind of stuff that's always challenging yep. yeah. and finding that really favorable acoustic environment has it's been tricky yeah i think red yeah the highway church it's made a big it makes a big difference things really come through in a way that um it's definitely a lot easier to mix you don't we don't have to worry about being like can you can we hear the bass you know like it's not like a problem that we have right now it's really it's really nice i was super happy yeah because one thing that makes us different from other bands is the bass is much more prominent than most other bands i mean not trying to knock on bass players. Bass players are vital to all bands. Well, you can't but, miss his bass. It's it's big. It's well, no, but also it's just like, you know, a lot of times the bass is just kind of there to give it that boom in the background. Right. But Noah, like, the way Noah plays, it's a very prominent part of our sound. And so we have to, like, explain that to sound techs when we go and play shows and stuff like, Turn the bass up. Turn the bass way up. Yeah. Because they're like trying to blend Noah back, and we're like, no, no, up, up, up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It's tricky switching from just like holding it down rhythmically to like I have to I have to take a solo. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and I have to take a solo <laughs> on an upright bass and compete with percussion. Yeah. Singing and a guitar. Yep. Like yeah. I have to be up. There's like no way around that. Unless the sound person is like super aware and has like magical perfect timing and can like realize the moment like when I'm about to take a solo and then like change everything from blended to up like that's a lot of work yep. that's really hard <laughs> so I think yeah it's uh it's challenging but it's I think it also contributes really positively to our sound and gives us something that's really unique mm -hmm. and I think really cool um yeah now, now, Will, how was, I know for you it must have been a dream, you know, oh, it was to good. deal with all that equipment. And oh, it was great. Uh, I nerded out. Uh, Dom and I worked on, I kind of was like his uh, sound engineer too in the board. I mean, I was helping him with mic placements. We were nerding out talking about, let's try it, you know, four inches away from the uh, strings instead of three, you know. We got really into the whole process and I learned a lot. Dom is uh, very wise in uh, that world. He taught me a lot. I taught him some stuff, but in the long run, I think we both contributed to making this album what it is, uh, what it deserves to be. Mm -hmm. I loved it, yeah. Now, I've only got to preview one song, and that's the, uh, mm -hmm. Jamie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah it's the only one so far. That's the yeah. grungy so, one. Yeah. Yeah, and that one is, has a particular story, because that's actually one of the first songs you all collaborated on. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, the f I, th I would say I credit that as like the first song that we yeah. wrote as a band. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm, oh. and I'm sure the listeners will, will hopefully listen to it soon, once once the album comes out. But pretty much, you know, I definitely got you know a more uh, grungier, heavier, heavier for sure. Yes. Haunt, the bass added a very haunting sound to that song. Yeah. And well, it, it's just you know, can can you kind of go over you know the inception of the song sure, and yeah. and how was the the dynamic of you know f you know adding on your own lyrics or whatever to it. Is that how it worked? You guys traded lyrics or you guys just, you know... So, mm -hmm. I, I wrote the lyrics. So, basically, well, here's the story of Jamie. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll let you two talk. Sorry. Yeah, um, no okay. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to write a song based on my experiences with 
um, dealing with mental illness and sort of being able to be open about that. Um, and so I, I wanted to write, but I didn't want it to necessarily be just about me or write a story about me. And I was thinking of ideas and I was just like, um, I had this line in my head, like, he doesn't think they'll understand. They'll just say, tough up, be a man. And I was just like, I think this song is going to be a lot about dealing with toxic masculinity and having to deal with expectations. And I was just like, I'm not the only one who's had to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And so I I came to practice and I was just like, all right, guys, I've, I've got this idea. What... What? How have you two struggled with this? Mm-hmm. And I think I'll then I'll, from that point I'll pass it off to them. I want to know how they reacted to that. So well, um, <clears throat> it's for me sort of navigating my trans identity while also trying to be like a working musician, especially trying to be visible, is always challenging. So I saw this as like a really cool opportunity to like have that more in the open and to kind of talk about it. Um, so, you know, toxic masculinity is definitely something I grew up in as well before I came out. Um, and then just sort of being able to talk about the difficulties of those expectations of people thinking that you need to be something because they see you a certain way mm-hmm. or um, sort of that feeling that disconnect and feeling that separation from people because you have a different experience and you literally see the world differently because however they choose to perceive you is just not who you actually are Mm -hmm. and that's something that you know it's really heavy and it's not something that you can just toss around in polite conversation unless you're just trying to walk around and throw grenades like someone's like Oh, how's the weather? And you're like, I have a lot of feelings about being trans. Let's talk about them now. <laughs> it's not helpful. So right. this is a really positive way to sort of uh, get that out there, yeah, I sure. guess. But also in a relatable way to mm-hmm. other experiences. Yeah. Well, f- when we started talking about these ideas in the studio and we were writing this song... Uh, for me, I could relate in so many ways to so many things that they were talking about. But for me, it's always been, you know, high expectations, living, growing up in the Bay Area. Uh, there's always these high levels that people hold us to and uh, can be really draining and hard and uh, it can lead to burnouts and just not lack of drive. And I just kind of thought that from my standpoint that I'd like to kind of add that concept to the song. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of how Jamie kind of morphed into what it is. Mm-hmm. So basically, how what, after having this discussion, that not only you know gave us great material for a song, also bonded us so much more as a band mm-hmm. because we were able to you know open up a bit more to each other. Um, you know, we put this, we kind of came up with this character that's going through these three different things, and I wanted to give the character a gender-neutral name. Uh, because not only guys go through this, mm-hmm. and so we we decided to name the character Jamie because you know 
it's a gender neutral name. I'm also a huge Game of Thrones fan, and so is that a reference to Game of Thrones? It's spelled the same way. Spe- we spell Jamie the same way that Jamie uh, Lannister is spell spells yeah. his name. Yeah. So sorry, uh, I don't watch that shit. <laughs> <Whoa! laughs> yeah. Oh man! Uh, I, I, I tried to pilot. I'm like, it's just not my thing. Oh, yeah. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta watch the yeah, whole yeah. first you season. Watch, you gotta, you gotta, gotta go through a couple. The, gotta watch the whole first season to give it a real chance. All right, all right. All right. but it's all right. We'll, 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 we'll we still like you. Okay. So Noah doesn't <laughs> watch it either. Yeah. All right. I, I, well, I watched. I agree with you. <laughs> so for Jay, I mean, I couldn't imagine for for Noah. It's like here's this very heartfelt song, you know, especially for him. You're like, oh yeah, just name it after a Game of Thrones thing. Well, no, I mean, no, I mean, I spelled it J yeah J A I M E after the Game of Thrones character, but it actually worked out perfectly because my mom told me that that's the the French way of spelling Jamie, and I think it means like Jamie. loved or to to love or oh, something. Oh, that makes sense. Je t'aime. Je t'aime. Yeah, that means love, right? In yeah. French. So I was like, yeah, it's Spanish. So but, what, <laughs> well, if it's Spanish, it would be Jaime. Right. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> uh, so it actually worked out perfectly. All right. Cool. Uh, Sorry, no, before I interrupted you. Uh. Oh yeah, so yeah, just Game of Thrones, whatever. Um, yeah, I watched the, like the pilot sucks. Like you're not wrong. It's just it's too scary for me. What's well, too scary? It's too scary. Like I, there was an episode where I almost fainted because oh. there's like a lot of like really brutal torture stuff happening, oh, and I was yeah. like, maybe this isn't the show for me. <laughs> like it was it was crazy. It's the only time I've ever like almost fainted, but like my my entire body got like super cold. Oh man! And I was just like, everything was spinning. I was like, I don't feel oh. so good. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, but I didn't really care about that. For me, I, I was, I was the one who sort of suggested that maybe we, this person who is, the protagonist of the song is like a trans man. Mm-hmm. I suggested that initially, and we sort of uh, agreed to sort of have. Um, to have it be someone who uh, might not, it, you know, it's not necessarily spelled out for you because that's not good songwriting, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, you, you don't want to be on the nose. Too on the nose, but you know, yeah. implications are much more powerful just because then people can hear it however and that it relates to, to them, which right. is much more important because it means different things to all of us, yep. and it means different things to people in the audience too. Like we've, I've have. Um, I have uh, gay friends who have listened to the song and it really spoke to them about sort of homophobia and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Do, do you feel like this song is, is probably uh, the most different out of the rest of the album? Because we, we talked a while yeah. for pop, you know, mm-hmm. uplifting. This, yeah. Or, or essentially, you know, because, you know, pop music usually you keep things simple. But th- this is a very complicated song dealing yes. with a lot of complicated issues. So yeah. it, it's the only song of its kind in the album? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Jamie is definitely one that stands apart. Um, It's one of our few songs that's in a minor key. Yep. Uh, And it's, I, throughout the entire song, I stay in a very low vocal register. Yep. Um, And it's... uh, There's only two chords. Yeah, it's only only two chords in the entire song. Yeah. But it's, uh, it really drives it home. I'm trying to look up the... Uh, meaning of By the way, let's be careful. The cell phone does get interference with the mics. Yeah, it's sensitive. 
Sorry. Sorry. I was just I was just trying to look up the actual meaning of Jamie spelled that way just oh. to confirm. But that's all right. That's all right. I, I, a listener will email me about it later or something. I'm oh. sure. I'm sure everyone will I, say. I, I get it sometimes. Like, Jorge, you, this does not mean that. What's wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, stupid I'm, dummy. You don't know. So things. I apologize in advance. <laughs> Pretty if much. I totally botched that. <laughs> cool. Um, I hope. Like every episode, somebody has to mention. Like, oh, well, you made no sense. Like, oh, Thank whatever. you for tuning in. Yeah. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> See you next. Sorry, Jake, what were you saying? Um, no, what I love about, um, I think, Jamie, for me, that, that one song in particular, it is a huge way for us to reach out to people. Yeah. Yeah. It is a huge way for us to um, create awareness uh, of these things that we have experienced and so many things that other people have experienced as well and it's a it's a good conversation starter it's a way to get people talking about these very real things that have been you know classified as taboo that no one wants to talk about because it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. yeah. um, but what I'm what I'm really hoping is that uh, people will hear Jamie and they will uh, get help yeah yeah, like I, I think it's definitely relatable, you know, to to both, you know, someone going through, you know, trans and and, and someone who, who's straight or whatever. I think I think most people can really relate to that feeling of like feeling alone, yeah. ostracized, not really sure who, how how to really, you know, become themselves and or, or identify themselves. So I think it's a, yeah. a, a a very 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 interesting, fascinating song. Now, on that you know same you know uh, level, it's interesting about the band is the biggest support you guys are seem to be getting are from two different camps that usually the mainstream wouldn't you know put together and that and that is you know you have a big support from the lgbtq community at the same time you got a big support you know from from a church essentially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it, it's kind of you know saying like hey this this you know uh what's what i'm looking for community Exactly. Embracing each other is very much possible, mm-hmm. and and put through music. Do you guys ever think about that? Oh, all the time because that's 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 how we are. You know, I'm a conservative Christian ex missionary mm-hmm. who is in a band with a non-binary trans person, agnostic, Ag- agnostic. <laughs> yeah. You know who you know and. You know, we're best friends. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I mean, the fact of the matter is, this band and, and you know, Will, who you know, we all come <laughs> and Will and, and no, Will, no, 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 Will. Will I mean, and Will's just there. No, of course, Will, of course, Will's here too. No, and you know, Will, Will also comes from a very different background. He said yeah, his I'm, best friend, not one of his best friends. No, these, no, these are my two best friends <laughs> sitting with me. They, okay, God. I knew what you meant. Jay. Yeah, no, no, I don't quite yeah, yeah, I'm. Yeah, uh, so I was raised. Like, I was raised Roman Catholic. Went to Catholic school my whole life. So I've learned that <laughs> what what I was what I was taught yeah. was from a vision and a viewpoint that I didn't see eye to eye with, and I no longer practice that. But I'm saying that yes, I had a very different upbringing, but that doesn't mean that's who I am now. That was part of me, but that made me who I am. But yeah. it's essentially, you know, we're a walk into a, this band is a walk into a bar joke waiting to happen. You know, you've got an ex missionary, a non binary trans musician, and an engineer walk into a bar. And they become best friends and make a band. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like there's a there's a punchline um, somewhere in there. Yeah, no. So <laughs> I think, lines. <laughs> and I think you know we we challenge a lot of stereotypes that you know that people from different backgrounds or people who have different 
uh, faiths or viewpoints or political views can't get along. And I, you know, it's bullshit because yeah. we are living proof that, you know, people who are different can love each other and be great friends and get along well. Yeah. yeah. So I'd agree. Um, and it turns out, like, talking about things, like, using your words is the best way to understand people mm-hmm. instead of just being like, I hope you die. Yeah. <laughs> just cut yourself would, off. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, which is how those conversations tend to go uh, when you have a disagreement with someone, especially about something social or political. It just it escalates almost immediately into like, wow, these people just like hate each other. And mm-hmm. it turns out that if you want to move past that, you have to like use your words like an adult human being instead of just a screaming child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, we've worked a lot on using our words, like we well, learned in kindergarten. <laughs> so the thing is, you the band has this music, you know, to, to kind of put out music there as well. The, it's yeah. the bond, it's the tie, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Now, creating this, this album, were there any insecurities coming in? Like, what was the biggest challenges? I hope we sound good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, can I play in rhythm? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, will, will it ever actually get done? Um, <laughs> oh, God. <you> know. yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, the album, actually, it took seven months to record the album. Yeah. So, but that is ten songs, though, people are yeah, yeah, ten, ten songs. And, of course, you know, we all have jobs, and we're all in relationships, and we all have, you know, families and lives to... We also had guest Words. artists. Yeah. Yes, we also had some guest artists. And by multi-track, that's a lot of work. Turns so, out. So there was, there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, I think so. Yeah. For me, it was just like, okay, is this? Are we gonna get this done? Are we gonna make this happen? And the album is currently in the mixing stage. So mm-hmm. uh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Getting yes. there. We finished recording. It's, it's going it's somewhere. Going, it's going to happen eventually. <laughs> Can't predict exactly when, but it's gonna happen. And and having such a larger studio to work with, uh, mm-hmm. does that mean you guys had an opportunity to record these songs playing with each other, or did you guys have to use a multi-track and like do each instrument? Because I know I know the first album that was the way it was, uh, you know, modeled for. It was like it was yeah, it was l- limited equipment, limited supplies, follow the limited click track rooms. And, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, but with this, it gave us an opportunity. Uh, yeah, to collaborate and use better equipment and put together a, a product yeah that we liked yeah uh, we did we did end up recording pretty much everything separately um, just because it seemed like the best way in terms of just miking because we didn't you know we didn't want to like plug in or didn't want to bleed like, through with sounds yeah and, uh, we wanted everything to be like really clean and clear and then to like mix it afterwards um, but you know it's hard because you don't get the same energy, and that's kind of a choice you have to make while recording. Pretty much, no matter what, do you want that energy and that fire and that drive that you get from communicating and playing with someone else live, and have it be less clean, or do you want it as clean as possible? Like, and there are ways to like mitigate that, but it's not going to be perfect, no matter which uh, choice you make. Mm-hmm. There are, yeah, so that's what we ended up deciding on based on the sound equipment that we had and the space that we had. Yeah, it was the best choice for us. We tried playing live and we did a, a bunch of uh, scratch tracks live and they sounded real good, but you get the bleed through. You can't isolate and EQ um, certain channels the way that they deserve to be EQ'd. And uh, we thought that it would be smarter for us to go, like Noah said, multi track. So yeah. we, we pretty much multi tracked everything. Yeah. Uh, 
you guys plan around anywhere else? You guys have going on tour pretty soon? Well, uh, a lot of stuff is up in the air right now in re- regards to, you know, how, when the album actually gets done. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, by the time this airs, we'll have already played that show. So um, we're going to be playing at uh, Cesar Chavez's Plaza on August 17th. Mm. Got a uh, festival happen? It's uh, the the Finally Friday series that's been oh, going right. on. It's a new thing so far, right? Yeah. Working on, so right? we're going to yeah. be doing that. Uh, we're going to play uh, at 6 p.m. on the 17th, and then our good friend Marty Murillo is going to play the, the later set after us. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that'll be fun. It's always fun to go out to the plaza and play music there it's always a good time yeah, so. yeah. and we're done we're all um we're currently like filling out a dates and trying to like mm-hmm. schedule a tour that makes sense as opposed to being like oh wow we have these venues and they're certainly places uh mm-hmm. this doesn't make any financial sense so it's mm-hmm. it, yeah it doesn't make sense yeah. to do so but like we have we're just we're still making sure that well, we're plus we're finishing the album that's, that's like a full-time gig just finishing it right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> well uh, have you played the the songs from the album live yet, or are you guys, yeah. are you all still waiting? Uh, no, we we've we uh, we've played them all live. So pretty much, if if anybody sees you playing playing, they'll get a, like a preview of. What oh yeah, to oh expect yeah. no, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, definitely no. There's uh, at this point, there's there's no songs that we're hiding. Um, which which I'm you know totally fine with. That means that when people listen to the album, they'll just be like, oh yeah, I know this song. Let's hear this song. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. So there there will be a tour eventually once uh, everything's once the album, once yeah. the album comes out. I'm we're we're really hoping we can have the album out by the end of this year. Uh, but if we have to wait until early 2019, I mean, such is life. Um, but the the hope is to have the album out this year. Oh. Great. Well, it's great having all of you here. Uh, yeah. Thank great you. chat. Um, I believe you, you are going to play a song yes. on the way out. Yeah, it would be our pleasure. Well, You'll have us. Well, yeah. what, what song? Well, I think maybe since we talked about it so much, maybe we should uh, play Jamie. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming.
times are priceless Jamie, we've been through it too Jamie, we are here for you Once again, follow the JMS Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. You can also search for JWB on those social media platforms. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Stay cool. It is super hot. Uh, if you have any secrets and how to deal with this hot weather, please email me at jmspodcast.gmo.com. Anything would work right now, all right? I took like at least two showers already one day just to refresh myself. All right, that's it. See you next week. Take care, everybody. Sayonara.